Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Kate Pollard, now on her feet. Vance, will you leave me for a moment? For a moment, he was white with malice, staring at the girl, then suddenly submitting to the inevitable, turned on his heel, and left the room. Now, said Elizabeth, sitting erect again, what is it? Why do you insist on talking to me of him? And what has he done? In spite of her calm, a quiver of emotion was behind the last words, and nothing of it escaped Kate Pollard. I knew, she said gently, that two people couldn't live with Terry for twenty-four years and both hate him, as your brother does. I can tell you very quickly why I'm here, Miss Cornish. But first, what has he done? Kate hesitated. Under the iron self-control of the older woman, she saw the hungry heart, and it stirred her. Yet she was by no means sure of a triumph. She recognized the most formidable of all foes, pride. After all, she wanted to humble that pride. She felt that all the danger in which Terry Hollis now stood, both moral and physical, was indirectly the result of this woman's attitude. And she struck her, deliberately, cruelly. He has taken up with a gang of hard ones, Miss Cornish. That's one thing. The face of Elizabeth was like stone. Professional, thieves, robbers. And still Elizabeth refused to wince. She forced a cold, polite smile of attention. He went into a town and killed the best fighter they had. And even this blow did not tell. And then he defied the sheriff, went back to the town, and broke into a bank and stole fifty thousand dollars. The smile wavered and went out, but still the dull eyes of Elizabeth were steady enough though perhaps that dullness was from pain. And Kate, waiting eagerly, was chagrined to see that she had not broken through to any softness of emotion. One sign of grief and trembling was all she wanted before she made her appeal. But there was no weakness in Elizabeth Cornish, it seemed. "'You see, I'm listening,' she said gravely, and almost gently, although I am really not well.' and I hardly see the point of this long recital of crimes. It was because I foresaw what he would become that I sent him away. Miss Cornish, why'd you take him in the first place? It's a long story, said Elizabeth. I'm a pretty good listener, said Kate. Elizabeth Cornish looked away, as though she hesitated to touch on the subject, 
or thought it was too unimportant to be referred to at length. In brief, I saw from a hotel window Black Jack, his father, shot down in the street, heard about the infant son he left, and adopted the child on a bet with my brother, to see if blood would tell or if I could make him a fine man. She paused. My brother won the bet. And her smile was a wonderful thing, so perfectly did it mask her pain. And, of course, I sent Terry away. I have forgotten him, really. Just a bad experiment. Kate Pollard flushed. You'll never forget him, she said firmly. You think of him every day. The elder woman started and looked sharply at her visitor. Then she dismissed the idea with a shrug. That's absurd. Why should I think of him? There is a spirit of prophecy in most women, old or young, and especially they have a way of looking through the flesh of their kind and seeing the heart. Kate Pollard came a little closer to her hostess. You saw Black Jack die in the street, she queried, fighting for his life? Elizabeth dreamed, into the vague distance, riding down the street with his hair blowing, long black hair, you know, she reminisced, and holding the crowd back, as one would hold back a crowd of curs. Then he was shot from the side by a man in concealment. That was how he fell. I knew, murmured the girl, nodding. Miss Cornish, I know now why you took Terry in. Ah, not because of a bet, but because you, you loved Black Jack Hollis. It brought an indrawn gasp from Elizabeth, rather of horror than surprise. But the girl went on steadily. I know, you saw him with his hair blowing, fighting his way. He rode into your heart. I know, I tell you. Maybe you've never guessed it all these years. But has a single day gone by when you haven't thought of the picture? The scornful, indignant denial died on the lips of Elizabeth Cornish. She stared at Kate as though she were seeing a ghost. Not one day, cried Kate, and so you took in Terry, and you raised him and loved him, not for a bet, but because he was Black Jack's son. Elizabeth Cornish had grown paler than before. I mustn't listen to such talk, she said. Ah, cried the girl. Don't you see that I have a right to talk? Because I love him also, and I know that you love him too. Elizabeth Cornish came to her feet, and there was a faint flush in her cheeks. You love Terry? Ah, I see. And he has sent you? He'd die sooner than send me to you. And yet you came? Don't you see, pleaded Kate, he's in a corner. He's about to go bad. Miss Pollard, how do you know these things? Because I'm the daughter of the leader of the gang. She said it without shame, proudly. I've tried to keep him from the life he intends leading, said Kate. I can't turn him. He laughs at me. I'm nothing to him, you see. And he loves the new life. He loves the freedom. Besides, he thinks there's no hope. That he has to be what his father was before him. Do you know why he thinks that? Because you turned him out. You thought he would turn bad, and he respects you. He still turns to you. Ah, if you could hear him speak of you. He loves you still. Elizabeth Cornish 
dropped back into her chair, grown suddenly weak, and Kate fell on her knees beside her. "'Don't you see,' she said softly, "'that no strength can turn Terry back now. "'He's done nothing wrong. "'He shot down the man who killed his father. "'He has killed another man "'who was a professional bully and man-killer. "'And he's broken into a bank and taken money "'from a man who deserved to lose it, "'a wolf of a man everybody hates. "'He's done nothing really wrong yet, "'but he will before long, "'just because he's stronger than other men.' and he doesn't know his strength. And he's fine, Miss Cornish. Isn't he always gentle and... Hush, said Elizabeth Cornish. He's just a boy. You can't bend him with strength, but you can win him with love. What, gasped Elizabeth, do you want me to do? Bring him back. Bring him back, Miss Cornish. Elizabeth Cornish was trembling. But I... If you can't influence him, how can I? You with your beautiful. You are very beautiful, dear child. Ah, very lovely. She barely touched the bright hair. He doesn't even think of me, said the girl sadly. But I have no shame. I have let you know everything. It isn't for me. It's for Terry, Miss Cornish. And you'll come. You'll come as quickly as you can. You'll come to my father's house. You'll ask Terry to come back. One word would do it, and I'll hurry back and keep him there till you come. God give me strength, I'll keep him till you come. Outside the door, his ear pressed to the crack, Vance Cornish did not wait to hear more. He knew the answer of Elizabeth before she spoke, and all his high-built schemes he saw topple about his ears. Grief had been breaking the heart of his sister, he knew. Grief had been bringing her close to the grave. With Terry back, she would regain ten years of life. With Terry back, the old life would begin again. He straightened and staggered down the stairs like a drunken man, clinging to the banister. It was an old-faced man who came out onto the veranda where Waters was chewing his cigar angrily. At sight of his host, he started up. He was a keen man, was Walter's. He could sense money a thousand miles away. And it was this buzzard keenness which had brought him to the Cornish ranch and made him Vance's right-hand man. There was much money to be spent. Waters would direct and plan the spending, and his commission would not be small. In the face of Vance, he saw his own doom. Waters, said Vance Cornish, everything is going up in smoke. That damned girl Waters... We're ruined. Tush, said Walters, smiling, though he had grown gray. No one girl can ruin two middle-aged men with our senses developed. Sit down, man, and we'll figure a way out of this. End of chapter 37